Welcome to Her Sports Convo with Ashley Wilson. Hey y'all, welcome back. Crazy to see you here again. I hope your week from last week and this week is going really well. I have to say on my part, it's going pretty good. There's some exciting things that happened this week, some exciting things that are coming up on this upcoming weekend. But a fun thing for you guys is that there is a Her Sports Convo Twitter account. Yes, I've made a Her Sports Convo Twitter because I realized I mention it in every single episode and I don't have a Twitter account for you guys to follow so you don't know who to follow, where to go. If you made one, you're, you're just lost. You're just out there wondering, she told me to come here, but I don't know how to get to the funny tweets and things she mentioned. So I am now your guide on Twitter. Again, Her Sports Convo on Twitter. Make sure you follow it. We'll have fun up there. Funny memes, funny jokes. Can't wait to see you over there. So as you know, last week I talked about the WNBA and how they're starting in the playoffs. But after that episode aired, the next day, Asia Wilson and Crystal Dangerfield won awards for the year. Asia Wilson was the MVP for the year and Crystal Dangerfield was named Rookie of the Year. Now, all I have to personally say is that Naomi Osaka won the U.S. Open after she was mentioned on this podcast. Now, the two of them have won two pretty big awards in the WNBA after they were mentioned on this podcast. So, are we like friends? Do we have like some good juju and stuff going on? Are we like psychics that we can predict the future? I don't know, but I guess if you're mentioned on her sports convo, that means you're going to win, you're going to do great, you're going to win some kind of award or something good or bad because the bad could still happen. But I think we're personal good luck charms now. Like, you have to agree with me. You're mentioned on this podcast, you win your tournament, you win an award. We're supporting good vibes up here. And also in the WNBA, but continuing about the WNBA, it is the semifinals, as I mentioned, they are going not in the favor that I predicted because I predicted that the Las Vegas Aces were going to be winning in a very commanding fashion, but you know, that's life, that how it happens. The Las Vegas Aces did lose the first game of the series to Connecticut by 15 points, which is kind of hard to say, and I'm kind of sad that I was wrong about that, but it's a five-game series. They have four more chances to get it right. Even though I want the Las Vegas Aces to win, I do have to shout out Jasmine Thomas, who plays for the Connecticut Suns, because she balled out. She scored 31 points, and that is just good to see for her, because also she wasn't a very big pick, not a very big name, because, you know, a lot of people don't pay attention to the Connecticut Suns, because they don't have that big-time player like Las Vegas has, or the LA Sparks has, or the Seattle Storm, Phoenix, all those other teams who have the big market names that everybody knows of in the WNBA. They don't really have one of those on their team. So shout out to her for really being a commanding player on the team and taking charge and leading their team to that game one win. But I do think Las Vegas is going to come back and end up winning that series and going to the finals. Now, the other semifinal that is happening, which is the Minnesota Lynx versus the Seattle Storm, they did not play on Sunday. They were planned to play on Sunday, but they did not play on Sunday because the Seattle Storm's COVID test came back inconclusive, which, you know, nobody really wants to play when a test comes back inconclusive because it could also mean that they're positive, but it could also mean that they're false. So nobody really wanted to play that. So they didn't play. The game was postponed, but they got some more tests back and all the tests came back negative. So they'll be back on playing on Tuesday, which is 
the day I'm recording. I'm gonna make my prediction that the Seattle Storm is gonna win that series. I'm gonna say that series is gonna go to five games. So make sure you keep on watching the WNBA and go to the podcast episode and tell me who you think is gonna win in those semifinals as well. Now, jumping over to the friends in the NBA. Let's start off by saying how completely wrong I was in picking the Clippers to win this series. I was baffled, shocked, surprised, any other word you can think of that I thought that the Clippers were going to lose that series when they were up 3-1. Now, I didn't expect the Nuggets to just completely give up. You know, I was like, okay, they're going to go to game six. Okay, they went to game seven, but the Clippers are not going to lose. They're not going to lose. They have, you know, Kawhi Leonard, they have Paul George. They lost. If you could see the facial expressions I'm making right now, I'm still in disbelief. And it's been a week later. How could you blow a 3-1 lead? Like, this was the Clippers' time. Everyone was saying, oh, LeBron's washed up. The Lakers are no good no more. This is the Clippers' time. They're going to succeed. They have Kawhi. They have Paul George. I guess you can say they have Pat Beverly. I don't really know. They have all these pieces have finally come together and it's their time to shine, prosper, and here you go. And they literally choke as hard as you possibly can at the end. Disbelief. But I do have to say the best thing that came out of that has been the fact that, again, my weekly shout out for NBA Twitter, completely blew up that night. The next day too, because the things that came out of them losing was just in some ways so funny but sometimes they were so funny that you were like "Mm, am I a bad person for thinking it's funny because it's gotta me just to give a little sneak peek or verbiage of what was going on the two players from the Portland team the Portland Trades Blazers Damian Lillard and CJ McCullen they were live tweeting as the game was ending because if you know the Clippers didn't lose in a very close game they got they lost by 20 in game seven in a series they were leading 3-1 so it was very obvious close to the end that they were gonna lose and Damian Lillard was like I can still get you on a flight out here to Cabo because I haven't quite planned the vacation and he was adding Pat Beverly on Twitter that's insane you're just adding him you can say their name and it won't like come up in their feed but you at someone they're gonna get a notification about it you got some big britches you're out here doing that that's all I gotta say and CJ McCullen was making up all these things talking about yes they can get down there to Cabo but they have to take they obviously have to take the private jet because they don't want anybody seeing the flying commercial it was so funny so once you make your Twitter account go follow her sports convo you can see all the things I retweeted from them and that whole conversation they had but yes go to the twitter make an account follow her sports convo and you can deep dive into sports twitter where it is a lot of comedic action going on now jumping into the other series which right now it doesn't look like i also greatly predicted in is the celtics and the heat now i knew that the celtics and the heat series was going to go down to the wire they were going to go seven games as i predicted in last week's episode if you didn't know i think that the celtics are going to win in seven games i did not think that the celtics were going to lose the first two games and fun fact after that second game they lost they had a locker room argument marcus smart was in there yelling at his teammates and the next day 
they had a team leadership meeting and they bonded over their passion for sports blah 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 I don't think that really happened but to you sir but whatever happened I guess it worked because they came back and won game three and now the Celtics are down 2-1 instead of 3-0 which we all know is a lot better than being down 3-0 because you're literally on your last life now on to the other conference final happening the Lakers and the Nuggets the Lakers are up 2-0 I kind of saw this coming that the Lakers are going to go up 2-0. I do think that the Nuggets are going to get a game on the Lakers. So my prediction is the Lakers in five. I did not see the first game going in the way it did as the Lakers just having a very strong command over the Nuggets. Them not really scoring points and getting very frustrated at the beginning. Game two is kind of how I saw the series going where the Lakers were kind of commanding in the beginning, but the Nuggets kind of quote unquote warmed up and then they kind of pulled a nuggets I guess you could say in that case when they try to come back at the end and I really thought that they were going to win game two when Joker tipped it in at the very end but when AD went to go shoot that shot I'm going to be completely honest I did not think it was going to go in when it went in I was just as shocked as everyone else except for John Rondo who just walked off the court like everything was fine and normal but that's aside from the big kudos to AD for making that shot because obviously being up 2-0 is a lot better than being tied at 1-1 and it kind of in my way I would say confirm that he is one of the best big men in the league right now because what big man I would say other than Jokic right now is very prominent and knowing that they can shoot three balls and they can go in where their time is crutch this is his first conference final and you would think he would have more nerves but he was very confident in the place he was in and in his post-game interview he was like we can't lose in our mama jerseys and he really proved a point that AD is here to stay and AD should have won the defensive player of the year in my case but talking about that I am going to say that Giannis should have won the MVP, not the defensive player of the year, because he was the most prominent player on his team. Now, I know that's not how the award is given out. It's supposed to be the best player in the league, which is LeBron. But people don't give these accolades to people anymore that aren't. Y'all kind of know how these things work. It's about the thing that viewers are talking about and obviously people are talking about LeBron because he is LeBron but Giannis is getting a little bit more attention and it's just kind of how it goes so congrats to Giannis on his achievements but yeah talking about achievements I know everyone probably watched the last dance if you haven't go watch it it's on Netflix you're like five months behind (laughs) where were you at in April because I don't know what you would be doing but you should have been watching it it won an Emmy Michael Jordan won an Emmy. That's crazy. Well, obviously not just Michael Jordan, but everybody who had a part of it, the production team, all that good stuff. But it deserved to win an Emmy. It won the Emmy for sports documentaries last series. I think it should have won an Emmy solely based on the music selection it had that went very well with the video production. Fun fact, I'm very into like the way content is made. I don't know if you ever noticed it, by the way. I produced this podcast and the content I put out on the Instagram, but I really like that kind of side of stuff. So seeing them win that in me was great. Now, I know I don't talk about NASCAR and hockey and baseball as much in this podcast as a very well-rounded person should, but we're going to talk about two of those things this week. And NASCAR news, Michael Jordan has started a single car team with Danny Hamlin, who is already a NASCAR driver. And their first driver is going to be Bubba Wallace. And he's going to be starting in 2021 because that's when his contract with the team he's already on ends. Will this entice me to watch NASCAR? No. 
but may entice me to keep up with NASCAR. I mean, I feel like it'd be kind of cool if everybody starts watching NASCAR and all of us become very yeehaw. I don't know. But I feel like I should have thrown that in there because, you know, the basis of this podcast, I want you to be informed and here you go. There's information about NASCAR. Now, another sport I don't really talk about that much, as I mentioned earlier, is baseball, professional baseball. Now, I don't know much about baseball, to be honest. I know the, like, first... 10 facts. If you ask somebody about baseball, I could probably give them to you anything other than that. You're asking the wrong girl. But I know a good amount of baseball. The San Diego Padres had the second longest playoff drought since 2006 in the National League, which is one of the divisions in baseball. The National League, the American League, they're in the National League. They've had the second longest drought since 2006 and they have made the playoffs this weekend, which is a big deal for them because 2006 was a very long time ago. And they don't have a lot of playoff appearances. So shout out to them. Now, I'm mentioning this because one of the biggest players on their team is Fernando Tatis Jr. He was the home run leader in August. And he is of the very young, crisp age of 21. Could you imagine your lead player being that young? Crazy. Yes, he is 21 and one of the biggest players in baseball right now, I would have to say. It is pretty predicted that he and his teammate Manny Machado are kind of the two running leaders for the National League MVP. I thought it was pretty interesting to mention that he's 21 and was the home run leader in August. Obviously, he's not anymore. It's a new month. You know, baseball, everything can change in a second. You know, you can have a really good week. You can have a really good game. You can have a really good day. And you don't hit another home run. You don't make it on base until three, four, five months later. That's kind of how baseball goes. Again, you see, I know a little bit about baseball. I know a lot. I know a little bit. A little bit. Shout out to the San Diego Padres in that they're going to be in the playoffs. And go check them out if you want to watch baseball. Now, I do have to say, if I do watch baseball, I do not watch the first seven innings. Because it's kind of long. It's kind of long to watch on TV. But, you know, if we ever go out and we can go see sports, I do say go to a game. Because they're really fun to watch in person, not so much on TV. This week in football has been a little more fun than last week was. I do have to say last week I was kind of bored. I was like, okay, we're out here, you're playing the game, but everyone's winning by 20, 40 points. This is not what I want to see. But this week they kind of picked it up. They let us have a little bit more fun, a little bit more stuff to watch about. First, I do have to talk about the Cowboys and the Falcons. How could you let someone come back from being down that many points? It was 29 to zero at halftime. And the Falcons let the Cowboys come back. That is not okay. You can't do that. And then especially after everyone roasted you and made fun of you for doing that in the Super Bowl. And then you come back and do it again in an even worse fashion. But even when you could have won the game, you were still up by two points. Because you went for that two-point conversion and you missed it because you were trying to be greedy. The Falcons had the opportunity to clinch the game. Everyone and their mom knew that the Cowboys was going to go for the onside kick so they can get the ball, go down the field, try to get a field goal to win the game. The Cowboys could not touch the ball until it went 10 yards from where the kicker kicked it. The Falcons can touch the ball whenever the kicker decides to kick it. But did the Falcons choose to touch the ball? No, they let it roll down the field. And they stopped until it got to the 10-yard line. And they were like, oh, let's try to get it. Ding-dongs, you could have touched it whenever you wanted to. Maybe 
they didn't know the rules. Maybe they had some new people and special teams who didn't know that were the rules. Now, I don't understand how they didn't know that were the rules because if you're playing in the National Football League, you've been playing football since you were a wee wee boy. <laughs> you've been playing football for the majority of your life and you would know these rules. But they didn't know the rules and the Cowboys got the onside kick and dibble dabbled all the way down the field and got the field goal and they won the game. You do have to give credit to the Cowboys, I guess, for coming back in that game. But honestly, shame's on the Falcons because they they should have won that game. They should have won that game. And if you're a Falcons fan out there, I feel for you because that was just, that was hard to look at. That was very disappointing to look at. And so another interesting game was the Chiefs and the Chargers. I was kind of concerned for the Chiefs, not going to lie. They were down for a good amount of the game because whatever reason they were decided we don't want to score points anymore and the defense was like we're gonna let the Chargers score all the points and the Chargers had a lot going into the game too because their starting quarterback Tyrod Taylor right before the game started had these like chest issues and he couldn't play so they put in Justin Herbert who was their backup quarterback and you know he was kind of nervous he's a rookie he didn't know when he woke up this morning he was going to be the starter so you know they had a lot going on but they managed to get it together but the Chiefs did come back and tie the game up so it can go into overtime and they ended up winning the game which was good for them because make your money Patrick Mahomes you they are paying you big dollars so it's good for you to make your money but yeah if you didn't watch that game that was the best game of the week for me now if you're out there you're tired of me talking about Kim Newton and the Patriots I'm so sorry but we're talking about him again not because of him doing well because they lost they lost to the Seattle Seahawks and the only thing I have to say about this game is that whoever called the play for him to run the ball with nine seconds on the clock they were two three yards away from the end zone everybody knew he was going to run the ball why did you not throw the ball everyone expected him to run this ball why did you not throw it I don't understand I'm confused again I've never offensive coordinated head coach for any football team but everyone in the world knew that oh Cam Newton's probably gonna run the ball so we expected him to throw it but no they lined up in a bunch formation and he ran the ball and went one yard maybe and they lost the game so that was very bad play calling for the Patriots but the Seahawks end up winning the game now the Seahawks are 2-0 and and the Patriots are 1-1 a big thing that I kind of feel like that blanketed week two of the NFL was the amount of injuries. They didn't have a training camp and they didn't have, you know, preseason games, which most of the time kind of filters through all these injuries and they kind of get out the way then before the season starts. But it's hard to see, you know, a lot of players get injured with torn ACLs and chest pains and messed up knees and hurt shoulders because Saquon Barkley has a torn ACL he's out for the season same as Nick Bosa and as I mentioned earlier Tyrod Taylor he had like chest problems that really came up so it was some bad things going up in the air for NFL players and all those who were injured I really hope they get better because you know one this is their job and two I'm going to say it's probably their dream job because I feel like you don't get into being an NFL athlete and that's not, you know, one of your dreams, I guess. So I hope they do get better and can't wait to see what's going to happen next week. The Monday Night Football game next week is going to be between the Ravens and the Chiefs. So it's going to be Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes, you know, the two biggest names in the NFL right now. Make sure you watch that. And next week we're going to be talking about that and we can all have our opinions and share. Now, to 
to our friends over in the college version of football, five games were affected by COVID, which I think is the reason why I think college football is kind of boring right now. It's kind of boring. Not all the divisions are playing. The Big Ten decided that they're going to come back in October, which I guess is good, but they're only going to have, I think, an eight or six week season, which is really cut short and they're going to be diving in. So maybe we'll have to wait to the end of October to have exciting games back in college football. Yeah, I truly feel like COVID has made a very big impression on how the football season is going because teams like Baylor, who they were supposed to play these last two weeks, haven't got a chance to play. One game was because their opponent had very high COVID numbers and the other game this week because they had COVID, they had high COVID numbers as well. And the Big 12 has very strict rules that if you don't have all 53 of your scholarship players, you can't play, which I believe is very necessary and all the leagues should be doing this. All the leagues, conferences exactly should be doing this because it ensures player safeties on team that has the COVID positive test but the team that they're playing so shout out to the Big 12 for having very good COVID rules and procedures but my two big games for the week for me were Marshall upsetting app app has been very prestigious I would have to say over the past years they've had three coaches in three years but the coaches have been leaving because other programs want them to be their head coaches because they've been doing really good but they were upset by Marshall app was ranked 23 Marshall was obviously unranked and Marshall didn't beat them in a like a you know we won on a final second field goal they had a very commanding lead the whole entire game so shout out to Marshall for coming in to app and showing them what's up the other game is Louisiana I might be a Louisiana fan now they had a comeback win over Georgia State they were down by a lot I do have to say I was kind of worried I was like oh no I talked about them and now they're gonna be absolute trash finally got ranked they were ranked number 19 and I was glad that didn't happen but it can't happen because we got good juju over here you get talked about on this podcast and you just you just rise to greatness when you're talked about on her sports compass shout out to marshall for beating am and louisiana for beating georgia state and sticking to our college sports talk one of my favorite college sports is back this week college volleyball starts on thursday make sure you're watching i do have to say my game to watch for this week if y'all decide to get into one volleyball or two specifically college volleyball would be texas versus oklahoma at 7 30 on espnu and they are playing a back-to-back series so they'll also be playing on friday at 7 on espnu so really watch those teams because volleyball is very big in the big 12 out of the past five years the national champion has came out of the big 12 nebraska is a very big leader texas is known for football players and volleyball players tall strong athletic people coming out doing their thing Oklahoma is also a very big competitor in the Big 12 the Big 10 is also a big competitor that is where Nebraska and Penn State plays but as you know the Big 10 isn't really playing fall sports right now so we're just gonna have to wait on October to see them which I'm kind of sad about but I am really excited that volleyball is coming back volleyball normally comes on Thursdays Fridays and Sundays so If you're watching the NFL and your team is losing and you want to be happy, go watch volleyball. It'll really cheer you up. In college, they play best out of five. The rules are pretty simple. I feel like most people kind of understand volleyball, but there's other rules that you can get and you can understand them more if you watch them. I did see this week that Duke and Central are doing a collab on 
Duke's Instagram account and the Central girls are coming up there every week and showing how life is like being a player at Central and how their program is running different things like that and I thought that was so cool for Duke to give Central the opportunity and the platform for them to gain a bigger following and more people to know about you know what's happening right down the street in Durham. If you don't follow volleyball you would know that Central is I would say one of the top tier programs in the MEAC conference alongside Hampton and A&T. They are a really good program and I'm not just saying that because I know a few people on the team. The first person who did it last week, Islanda Faulkner, we played travel volleyball together in high school. So go check out that account. Go check out that series they're running. It's really cool. Good to see and go check out some central volleyball games on ESPN or the ESPN app or different stuff like that. And while you're at it, check out all the volleyball games too. That is going to be it for this week's episode. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to like, comment, share, subscribe on any platform you decide to listen to Her Sports Convo on. Go over to the Instagram and follow, like today's post picture, and comment down below how you felt about the Clippers losing that 3-1 lead. I don't think I'll ever get over that. That's going to be a sports memory to go down for a very long time. Also, watch women's volleyball tonight and this weekend and the WNBA semifinals so we can talk about it next week and we all can be in the loop. As always, have fun, be safe, and don't be afraid to join the convo.